Because Psalm 23, this series, is really about a lowly sheep bragging on his loving shepherd. It's, it's all about a sheep saying, I am just a sheep, but do you know who my shepherd is? Let me tell you a little bit about it. The humble brag. The humble brag. Have you guys ever heard of a humble brag? It's not exactly a good thing normally. Uh, a humble brag typically is uh, it's, it's, a, it's a common way of saying that somebody is bragging arrogantly but de disguising it by some fake humility. Okay, so like I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. And by the way, there are lots of examples of this across social media. There are Tumblr, Tumblr blogs about this, Twitter accounts. There are hashtags just dedicated to hashtag humble brag, okay? So there, there are all kinds of examples of this. Like, for instance, somebody might say on Twitter, this is a real one, they serve way too much chocolate here in first class on my flight. Like, oh, that's so sad for you, right? This is another real one. Oh, OMG, I just stepped on gum. Who spits gum out on the red carpet anyway? Oh, we're so impressed that you're on the red carpet. I'm so sad that you stepped in gum, right? Humble brag. Um, have you heard of LeVar Burton? You know who that is? Reading Rainbow? 80s, right? Come on, 80s. Okay. So LeVar Burton, he won all of these Emmys, all of these awards for Reading Rainbow, and he tweeted out this picture in December. Um, you can find it on his Twitter account if you'd like, but this is a classic humble brag. This is uh, all of his, he, so he tweets out this picture, um, stockings hung. It's Christmas time, right? So you're thinking, oh, I wonder what the, the nice Christmas stockings are. So you click on the picture and it pulls up, and it's his 11 Emmys displayed over the fireplace with four stockings hung on them, all right? You're like, hashtag humble brag right there, okay? So the idea is it's a way of bragging but making yourself feel like it's okay to brag, okay? Now, today we're going to redeem the humble brag. We're going to turn it into something good because Psalm 23, this series, is really about a lowly sheep bragging on his loving shepherd. It's, it's all about a sheep saying, I am just a sheep, but do you know who my shepherd is? Let me tell you a little bit about it. Let me tell you how great of care my shepherd takes of me. And so we're going to learn what it looks like for us to be a sheep belonging to the good shepherd and why we have something to brag about. Now, Psalm 23, verse 1 is our text today. Verse 1, nine words that I believe can change your life. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. That's our text. Even if you are not familiar with Scripture, even if you don't read the Bible, you've probably heard this text, and especially that first verse read at a funeral or uh, somewhere. This is a very, very common, loved portion of Scripture. But I believe this series is going to bring new life to it altogether for, for all of us. Um, one thing that you may notice in your Bibles, my Bible, I'm teaching from the New King James, it says right above verse 1 that this is a psalm of David. This is a psalm of David. Um, we know that David, uh, most likely he wrote this later on in his life when he was a king. He's looking back, fondly remembering his time as a shepherd. 
He spent years of his life as a shepherd. In in fact, you might remember in 1 Samuel when the prophet Samuel comes to anoint David as king. And do you remember where they had to call David from? Out from the the shepherding, right? He was out with the sheep, out from from the hills. They called him in. and, And so he spent years of his life raising sheep, taking care of sheep. He had a very unique perspective on this. And what he had learned over his, over his time taking care of these sheep is that sheep and a shepherd is actually a very accurate metaphor for us relating to God. And so we're going to learn a lot about that. We're going to look at three things today from this verse. Why don't we start with a quick word of prayer, and then we will get our, uh, our, our application from this. Jesus, we just ask that you would guide us. Right now as we open up your word, right now as we dig in and start to tear this thing apart and figure out what, is, what does it look like for us to be your sheep? What does it mean that you are our shepherd? I pray that this would, um, not only today, but through this series would bring new, just, just new life to this very familiar passage of scripture. And I pray that we would rest in the fact that you are our shepherd and you are such a great shepherd at that. And so, Lord, um, I pray for anybody in either venue right now that does not have a saving relationship with you. The Bible would make it clear you are not currently their shepherd. I pray that today they would come under your careful watch. They would submit to you as their leader and as their Lord and as their shepherd. And they would rest in who you are and the great care that you take of them. Lord, thank you for loving us so much. We pray that you would speak to us right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Number one, let's start here. To understand what it means that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, you have to know your role. Let's start here. You have to know your role. Um, If the Lord is my shepherd, shepherd, then that means it implies something about us. And I think you probably know where I'm going with this, but let's just stop for a moment and note that David surely could have chosen a lot more flattering metaphors to choose, right? Like, let's, let's just go through a list of some things that he could have said that would have been a little bit more flattering for us. What if he said, Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my falconer, right? Like, uh, we are fierce birds of prey, right? Like, we will swoop in on things, and we will pick them up, and we will see things, and like, Okay, I could be a falcon, right? Like, that's kind of flattering. That's kind of nice. What if he said, Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my dragon trainer. That's right. I breathe fire. You don't mess with me, right? Some of you are like that when you roll out of bed each morning. And the dragon trainer has to step in, okay? But uh, you might have been a little bit more flattered by that. Or maybe you're just thinking more friendly, you know, because I don't know about hanging out with sheep, but... If the Lord is my dog trainer, I'd be okay with that. You know, I like, I like dogs, and dogs are friendly and fun and loyal and wagging their tails all the time, you know. That kind of describes me. I'm kind of cheerful, and I'm nice. Well, he didn't go with any of those. Here's what he said we are. Sheep. Did you see him in the parking lot? They're dirty animals, okay? We're thankful to the people who brought them here. We're thankful to uh, the the. The owners, nothing against them. They're just known to be dirty animals. They're, they're defenseless. Uh, they're, they're funny to watch. I actually this week went to a sheep farm just to watch some sheep. Call me a sheeper creeper if you want, but I was just kind of like 
getting in the Psalm 23 mood, the essence of the book, okay? So I found there's like 150 sheep out in this field, which is awesome, an awesome thing about living in Clarksville because that's never been something where I could just drive up the road and go watch sheep. But I found some sheep, like 150 of them out in the field, and I'm just sitting on the other side of the fence just watching them. Now, it was quite the sight. One sheep in particularly looked at me, just stared at me chewing until I think he got very uncomfortable for both of us, right? Like he just kept looking at me, and then I finally, I think he won, because I was like, that guy, right? Like, why does he keep staring at me? Apparently, I was, the, I was on display there for them. Um, I kept thinking, you know, there are lots of animals, like if you go to the zoo, there are lots of animals, all of those animals in particular, you should not get in the pen with them, okay? You wanna keep your distance. You don't want to be surrounded by the same fence as those animals. Now, the sheep were a little bit different. I'll be honest, the thought kept coming to my mind. If I jumped this fence and ran at these sheep, what would they even do to me, right? Like, how could they even, what, what are they going to bat me until I run away? Like, they, they have zero defense to try to, uh, you know, to, to push me away or defend themselves. And then it was really funny because I was about to get ready to leave, and I noticed about four or five sheep off in the distance that they had all been grazing, and they, these four or five sheep lifted up their heads, and they started walking toward the center of the field. I was like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. And then, like, ten other sheep over here saw them, and they lifted up their heads and started walking toward the center of the field. And I'm like, oh, well, it must be feeding time, right? The shepherd must be coming out. Something, mu- The sheep must have gotten some sort of notification that they're all supposed to get to the center of the field. Because as I'm watching, five over here, 10 over here, sure enough, 25 sheep, 50 sheep, all the sheep now from all over the field, I'm not even making this up, are just converging on the center of the field. I'm like, oh man, what's about to happen? So what happens? Sorry, I kicked the mic. Uh, What happens? They get to the middle of the field. They get to the middle of the field and nothing happens. Like they they looked at each other and then they went back to eating. (laughs) Like, why did we just come here? We're, We're not sure. I saw you walking this way, and so I walked this way, and well, he was walking here, and so I figured I should probably walk here, right? They just blindly followed each other to the middle of the field, and then they went on doing what sheep do. There were, this is not flattering for the, for the Bible to call us sheep. This is not a compliment. But I would say one of the most valuable things that us owning our role as a sheep does is it deflates our ego. And let's be honest, our ego often needs to be deflated. I've often, I believe that your ego is not your amigo, okay? Because it is just not helpful in any way. Did you hear me on that? I thought that was good. That just flopped, man. Your ego is not your amigo. Maybe that would really, would really hang, that would work really well in New Mexico where I'm from. You got Tennesseans are like, amigo? What's he talking about? That's friend in Spanish. Okay, anyway. So it could be worse. The Bible could, the, you, you need to know that if um, you are not belonging to the shepherd, if you are not the sheep of the Lord, the, the two other terms that the Bible may refer to you as is either a wolf or a goat, and neither is favorable. And I've found, as I've just been praying through this and, and thinking about what it means to be a, a sheep under the care of the shepherd, 
that I would far rather be known as a helpless sheep under the care of the good shepherd than a lone wolf or a goat under the care of a lazy, unqualified shepherd. I would much rather be known as a helpless sheep if the Lord is my shepherd. So we need to start by knowing our role. Now that lets us into what is his role. Okay, if I'm a sheep, then what does that mean for him? Let's take verse 1 real slow. We're going to take this apart phrase by phrase, word by word, and understand what this means for us as we look at what his role is. We know that we are the sheep, but what does that mean for him? Let's start here with verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Let's start with these first two words, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, who are we talking about here? We're not talking about just a shepherd. We're not talking about just a great leader. We're not talking about somebody who is just good at taking care of other people or setting a great example. We are talking about eternal creator God as our shepherd. We are talking about ever-present, never-changing, always faithful, eternal creator God. We are talking about the God who not only knows about tomorrow but exists in tomorrow today. Wrap your brain around that for a moment. This is the eternal God that we serve, that we are under his careful watch. The Lord is our shepherd. He created us. He loves us. He bought us with his blood. And let me just remind you that there is not one other person on this planet that is qualified to be your shepherd. Many of you are living right now under the, what you think the careful watch of a shepherd that is not the Lord. And I'm here to tell you whether it is money that is your shepherd, whether it is a, a future spouse or a current spouse that is your shepherd, whether it's uh, popularity or anything that the world would have to offer a, a person, some sort of fame or recognition or platform, if that is your shepherd, if you are living under and submitting to that thing, I'm here to tell you that is a poor, unqualified shepherd. And if you've ever wondered why the world, in fact, the most notable people, uh, the, the biggest celebrity names that we know of often are in depression and many of them turn towards suicide, you understand that they are not being shepherded by the Lord. And they have found themselves under the care, or actually probably better put, slave-driven under an unqualified shepherd. The only one qualified to shepherd our souls is the one who purchased them with his own blood. The Lord is my shepherd. And I love that he says the Lord is my shepherd. There's no question in this. There's confidence. This is not a doubt. It's not... He might be my shepherd, or he could be my shepherd, or it would be nice if he were my shepherd, but the Lord is my shepherd. There's such confidence when we own the truth of this statement. And can I tell you, I've been praying this for you guys leading up to today, that many of you who are doubting that God would ever love you or God would ever really want to have anything to do with you or take care of you would be able to have this confidence today, that you would be able to walk out of here knowing that the Lord is my shepherd. 
Not just it would be a great idea, not just I hope one day, but today the Lord is my shepherd. I embrace my role as a sheep and his role as a shepherd, and I submit my life to him because I know he'll take care of me. Because for some of you, you've lived your whole life up until this point, being driven around under the the, the brutal, slave-driving shepherd of whatever it is that is leading your life that you are submitting yourself to. And I hope today... As you turn your life to Jesus Christ, I believe you can walk out of this place with your head held high saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm his sheep. I submit to him. And then I love this. The Lord is my shepherd. You see how personal this is? This is a paradigm shift for some people. To think of God as someone who could actually be personal to them. Because this is not how religion works, am I right? Religion says the Lord is a shepherd. God is the shepherd. But a relationship with Jesus Christ says he is my shepherd. And this is the beauty of serving the God who is eternal because he is able, outside of time and space, not limited by the amount of people or our uh, personal preferences, not limited by any of those things or anything else, he is able to say because he is the eternal God that he is your shepherd and your shepherd and your shepherd and your shepherd and my shepherd. And we can personalize who God is to us, that he is my shepherd. It goes far beyond him just being a shepherd or the good shepherd, but he's my shepherd. This is so important. The God of the universe wants to be your shepherd. Not just a general term. Personalize it. And then he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Can we just stop for a moment and talk through what does it mean for him to be our shepherd? This is important. And this is going to, of course, be much expanded over this next chapter as we continue over these next few few weeks. But we'll just kind of sum it up here in, in a in a few ways. Understand that when we talk about a shepherd, it's a term of endearment. It speaks of provision and protection and guidance. When it says the Lord is my shepherd, it tells us that he is taking care of us. I love how the Bible often describes God as the shepherd of his people. Isaiah 40 verse 11 says he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. The Lord is uniquely qualified to be the shepherd over our lives. I'll give you three ways that he specifically is qualified. Number one, he purchased me. He purchased you. He paid the ultimate price. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53, verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He purchased us. 1 Corinthians 6 says, you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body. You were purchased. What was the purchase price? The blood of God's own son, Jesus Christ. He literally gave it all to buy you out of your sin and give you freedom. So he is uniquely qualified to be your savior because of that, to be your shepherd because of that. Here's another reason, because he marks us. He marked me. He marked you. Um, 
when there's a, when a shepherd is watching over a sheep, every sheep, every lamb that is born into the fold will take on the mark of its shepherd. You can read a, a bit about the process in this book, um, but the shepherd will use oftentimes a, a knife to make a, a deep, permanent mark on one of the ears of the sheep. But in Scripture, we know that we are, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are marked by the cross. And Ephesians chapter 1 tells us that at the moment of salvation, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Marked by the cross, sealed by the Holy Spirit. And let me just expand this a little further and remind you that regardless of who your shepherd is, you bear his marks. So if you are the... the if you are the sheep belonging to the good shepherd, you will bear the marks of his shepherding. You will bear the marks of the cross and the suffering that goes along with it. You will bear the marks of the Holy Spirit. The Bible would call it the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, and so on. You will bear those marks. But even if you are not the sheep of the good shepherd, whoever your shepherd is, you bear his marks. And if you are not the sheep of the good shepherd, the marks you may be bearing today are things like depression, things like thoughts of suicide, things like hateful thoughts in your heart toward other people, things like drugs and alcohol that you are using to mask some pain because your shepherd can't take care of you, because you have, no, you, you have rejected the care of the good shepherd and instead embraced the care, quote-unquote, of some lousy lazy, unqualified shepherd. Regardless of who your shepherd is, you bear his marks. So who is your shepherd today? David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And here's another reason that the Lord is uniquely qualified to be our shepherd is because he cares for us. This is the bottom line of what a shepherd does. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25 says, Therefore, speaking of Jesus, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. This is, so, this is such a great reminder that Jesus today is still working on our behalf that he is still actively pursuing a relationship with us. In fact, he works today. He is not just a disconnected, far-off God seated on a golden throne somewhere, very distant and cut off from us. In fact, what the Bible tells us right here in Hebrews chapter 7 is that he is still working 2,000 years after his time here on the earth. He is still actively working today as the mediator between the holy God and Satan that the Bible calls the accuser of the brethren. And when Satan tempts you into something and then accuses you of sin, he goes to God and he says, hey, look at what your kids are doing. And Jesus steps in and he goes, it's okay, they're forgiven. You look at me. He mediates on our behalf. He covers our sin. He forgives us. He works on our behalf. This is what this means to intercede for us. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to continue to expand on this idea of what it means for Jesus, for the Lord, to be our shepherd. And we're going to see some specifics of God's provision, but know this, you are never beyond the watchful eye of your shepherd. He cares for you no matter how far you wander. And today, you may have not only wandered away from the flock of God, you may have hopped a fence, gone into the valley, you're on a different mountain range 
Jesus still sees you right where you are. And he wants to draw you back into the flock of God. He wants to take care of you. He wants to surround you and bless you and honor you as you honor him. So if we are the sheep, that's our role. And he is the shepherd, that's his role. What should our response be? One word, relax. Did you do this with me? Take a deep, take a deep breath. Ready? Let it back out. Oh, that feels good, right? He's the shepherd. I'm the sheep. That means he's got it under control. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, that does not mean that David is saying he gets everything that he wants. That does not mean that God is some, like, magic love fairy that just sprinkles love dust on everybody and grants wishes like like a genie. Well, if I want it, then my shepherd will give it to me. No, actually, what I've found is that there are many times that one of the ways God displays his grace is by withholding things that we think we want. Anybody else found that to be true? You think, I think, we know what's best and what we want. And in God's grace, he says, no, I'm not going to allow you to have that because I know where you would go if you did. I know how that would hurt you if you went down that path. And so then we whine and complain about it. And instead, what we should learn to do is sit back and say, hey, if the Lord is my shepherd, I've got everything that I need. I shall not want. Because that's where that statement comes from. I shall not want is the statement that comes from the contented heart of a sheep that says, I choose not to lust after all these other things that my shepherd has not given to me. Like the Apostle Paul says, godliness with contentment is great gain. You know, you want to know what contentment says? Contentment says, if I don't have it, I don't need it. And when I need it, he'll provide it. That's what contentment is all about. I'm going to say that one more time because we need to be reminded of this. Ready? Contentment says, if I don't have it, I don't need it. And when I need it, he'll provide it. This is what content, being content uh, under, under the, the, the guidance and the leadership of our shepherd is all about. Because contentment is a choice, and so is discontentment. When was the last time you sat back and just thanked God for all that he's already given you? For all of the great care that he's already displayed toward you? Instead of whining about all the other things that you think you need. I'm not saying that that's unbiblical. I think that it's wise to tell God your needs. It's right in Scripture, Philippians chapter 4. It's part of how God provides the peace that surpasses all understanding when we tell God what we need. But also resting in the fact that he knows exactly what we need, and as we take those requests to him, he will grant them in his will in his time. So when was the last time you took some time to just thank him instead of rattle off your list of things that you need him to give you? Because there are a lot of people who are very happy with far less than you and I have. And they've learned the beauty of gratefulness and contentment. This is what the heart of a healthy sheep says, contented sheep says, in answer to his shepherd. I'm going to trust that he's going to give it to me when I need it. And not only do we want stuff, but we also want answers, don't we? We need God to just tell us what the future holds and where we're headed. And again, 
We think we want stuff, and God lovingly withholds those things from us at times. And there are many times where we think we want all the answers. And I've found also that one way God displays his grace toward us is by withholding the details of all the events. He knows them all. But I believe if he told us everything that was coming in our lives, it would crush us and leave us incapacitated for what we're called to do right here, right now. So, so Jesus says, hey, let me take all the burdens. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. You put your burdens on my back. Cast all your cares on me because I care for you. You just give me all that stuff, and I'll give you what you need to know when you need to know it. Just trust me. I'm your shepherd. You're the sheep. You will, you will get fed. You will get taken care of. You will be loved. You will be treated well. These are the promises of the good shepherd. There will always be a list of things that you and I don't know. And we have to choose instead to focus on what we do know. There, were, there are many things that I don't know. But I'm okay with that as long as I do know that he is my shepherd. Because the long list of things that I won't ever have figured out are figured out already by my shepherd. And with the Lord as my shepherd, I shall not want. Or the NIV says, I lack nothing. Or the New Living says, I have all that I need. So you see how we're redeeming the humble brag, right? It's gone from something that on social media is often a way to brag without, I guess, justify bragging and, and make yourself not feel so bad about it. But what we're realizing about this humble brag is that there, we're not bragging about anything good in us. We're talking about that it is good in him, the one that takes care of us. But here's just a, a, a thought about sheep. Um, without saying a word, one thing that you're going to understand, even as you go out into the parking lot and you see the sheep on your way out, or, or you see livestock up on a hill, sheep, without saying a word, because I don't think that they can do that yet, um, without saying a word, their livelihood represents their shepherd, right? Just the way that they live. If they're healthy, that represents their shepherd well. If they're disease-ridden and limping and not taken care of, that does not represent their shepherd well. Now, of course, we have an advantage over sheep. Well, we have a few advantages over sheep. Coffee is one of them. We get to eat lamb. That's, uh, that's an advantage that we have over the... Don't awe me. You know you love it, too. We have clothes. We, have, I mean, we could go down a list. There are uh, lots of advantages we have over sheep, but another one is speech. So the sheep can only represent their, shep their shepherd by the way that they live. But you and I not only can but should represent our shepherd not only through the way that we live but by how we talk about our shepherd. Paul wrote in the New Testament in Galatians chapter 6, May I never boast about anything except the cross of my Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to boast about my Savior, Paul says. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I want people to know through my life about the cross of Christ. I want the name of Jesus to be made famous through the way that I live. And so Paul says, I'm not bragging about anything about myself. God forbid that I boast about anything except 
I'm going to lift up the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm going to make the name of Jesus Christ known because that is something worth boasting about. It's something worth talking about because without Jesus, we are helpless, we are hopeless, we are defenseless, we are in great need, but with Jesus, we are redeemed. We are sanctified, we are purchased, we are loved, we are redeemed, we are taken care of, we are blessed. Come on, we can get a list going of the amazing benefits that come just by being the sheep of the good shepherd. Is anybody with me on that? Have any of you guys as the sheep of the good shepherd been taken care of by your shepherd? Can we just thank God right now? But let's put our hands together for our shepherd because he is the good shepherd. Because he takes such great care of us. And so here's my challenge to you today. If you have a story because of how great your shepherd is, brag on your shepherd a little bit this week. Let's be vocal about it. We can't just let the people around us guess why things are okay for us in the worst of times in our lives. Well, they just must be really nice people. No, you want to know why things, why I'm able to have a good attitude in the darkest time of my life? Let me tell you a little bit about my shepherd. Yeah, yeah, my, my family's going through a suffering time right now. We're, we're, we're questioning and we have doubts, but can I tell you a little bit about my shepherd? Because, man, he takes care of me. Yeah, my, man, my, my husband and I, we are suffering right now. We're going through a really hard time. My wife and I, we're just dealing with something rough right now. But let me tell you about the care of my shepherd. Let me brag on my shepherd a little bit for a moment. And if that's not your story, if you can't brag on your shepherd because your shepherd is alcohol, your shepherd is money, your shepherd is, is an addiction, and it is leading you away from health, leading you away from where you know you need to be, taking you away from the flock of God and the careful watch of the good shepherd, then let's make this your story today. You can today say, I'm leaving the shepherd that is currently watching over me, and I'm going to submit myself as the sheep to the good shepherd. I want to be taken care of like that.